Hey, want some original dungeon adventures? Would you like them all to fit on one piece of letter-sized paper? You seem like you're pretty much on the level, so I'll let you in on the secret. Head over to patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers and join the $25 tier to get monthly one-page dungeons in addition to a bunch of other rewards. Patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just kind of realizing nobody's really explained to me what we're trying to do here. What? What What are we looking, like, why do we come in here? Are you Dr. Sam Beckett? Did you leap into Koza's body and don't understand <laughs> what we've been doing <laughs> well, for no, the last I couple mean, months? I I knew we were going to, to oh wait, I have been into, into a temple. <laughs> I, I forgot we had one. Yeah, this is hoping the next leap will be the leap. Al, Ziggy says there's a 75% chance that, that your goal is to be here to help them find the copper shrine or whatever. We, we've got to exercise Koza. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Cryer Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way well, right to you. Well, I'm back at the Daily Crier. Talked with the, uh, the powers. And they're cool with me continuing to repair this wounded metal person. Uh, I really need to figure out your name. <laughs> but I don't even know if your memories are intact. Memories. Hmm. Powers gave me a present when I got back. I guess they remembered. Gives me hope. Hope for seeing faces I barely remember again. Hope for taking a walk on the land I grew up on. And hope for feeling at home again. You know, I laugh sometimes when I think about how I I almost ran away from home once. Ma was holding me to some mighty high standards I couldn't see myself reaching. So I figured, why stick around if all I can manage is being a disappointment? Glad I didn't. Only had so much time with her left. Speaking of time, the party chose to step away from the foreboding wall of screaming faces and instead made their way to a hall of treasures, arguably a direct upgrade. Unfortunately, it was chuck full of traps and Koza fell into a jail cell of moderate embarrassment. As fortune would have it though, these cells led the party to a hatchery and a curious room with draconic designs but not copper dragons. I reckon they'll discover more as Boat works on his uh, clock puzzle solution. 
Ah, there we go. Now, hopefully, this voice box will work for you. It'll take some time to fully install, though. Take care of yourselves, listeners. Keep your heart open. Offer help to someone who needs it. And know that I'm proud of you. And as always, y'all take care now. Uh, thing that we did, you guys had explored a bit through the TikTok temple, and one of the biggest things that you came across was this room that in and of itself was a clock out of sync with the rest of the temple. You guys were able to move the hands around, and if I recall, though, you had the idea to tie yourself to the minute hand and just sort of wander in a circle? Yeah, if you walk around the clock 12 times, it's going to hit every position and it'll eventually hit the right one and it, whatever is locked will unlock. It's a clock when lock. When you walk, walk around the clock, you know, you're not wrong. And Solinar is using his uh, minute safe cracking skills to pay attention to the mechanism of the clock and whether or not it's locking in place. When the hour hand hits the two... And the minute hand hits the nine, everything is going to click into place with a loud mechanical sound. Does it sound, can it sound like the Transformers? <laughs> I was going to say just like loudly clicks in with like a sound, but yeah, sure. It can Transformers sound. Okay. Did you say, did you say hour hand two, minute hand nine or hour hand yes. nine? Okay. I wonder... I wonder what the uh, the relevance of 245 is. Hmm. So once everything clicks into place, does any do do we see any doors opening or anything like that? Uh, you will actually. Um, what's going to happen is the center of the clock, like the little circular bit that the hands are connected to, is going to rise up into a small column, and the top of it is going to fold out like a flower revealing a small metallic piece on a velvet pillow. A piece of what? Uh, what appears to be platinum in mm. the shape of a dragon head. Hey, except it's platinum and not copper. But maybe we were in the wrong temple. Maybe this is a platinum temple, but it's just really dirty. <laughs> it's a platinum temple that somehow oxidized. Yeah. <laughs> Your your world. Yeah, platinum can oxidize in Varian. It's a very specific thing I decided to do with the local ecosystem. Um, so so what is this? Uh I mean, other than a platinum dragon head, which I bet would sell for oodles, by the way. It also has like a little neck, just so you know. Is it neck, doesn't look is the neck also made of platinum? Yes, the whole thing is made of platinum. It looks very familiar and hey. a little bit like the and a little bit like the neck has been cut off of a larger piece. It's not like just the head like so like Don Corleone left it there to threaten somebody. Okay. Hey hey, a thought and Solonar's going to go back to the door they entered from. Uh does that swing into the room or out of the room? Uh it's going to swing in. Okay. He opens up the door and indicates the dragon face on the door and is like, is this 
Are these things similar? Uh, yes, the, it, it looks very similar. The frill, the uh, chin piece, like all of it looks pretty identical. Mm, weird dragon room. Yeah, that's how I have it listed in my notes, the weird dragon room. What is the relic? Is is that head the relic we're looking for? Oh, that's the cleanest copper I've ever seen. No, the relic always looks like a full like statuette of the dragon in particular. And then it's okay. got like magic powers attached to it. So this while this seems special in some way, maybe this is one of the keys we were looking for. Didn't the notes say something about looking for three keys? Uh, this is probably one of them. I mean, it could just be copper that's been through some OxyClean, so we don't really know. No, it's not one of the relics. Or at least not one that's that we're looking for. Alita, I know it's I know it's tough to read and walk, but does your book say anything about uh the like relevance of a platinum dragon head? And copper dragons, like how that might relate, any rituals it was used for, that sort of thing. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't heard of any platinum dragons. Well, I don't, I don't know that it's like a platinum. This is probably just like a key or something. It's an expensive key. Well, these these temples don't seem to spare a whole lot of it. They have giant moving floors for no reason other than to throw people into walls. I think that might not be what they were intended to do in the beginning. Maybe. What do, you, what do you think they were intended to do, Alita? Do you think they were for assembling hamburgers? Probably not that. Um, no, I think they probably originally moved pretty smoothly. I mean, I, I would guess. I don't know. I wasn't here 300 years ago. Because if you put hamburger ingredients on those then you could stack them, like, real time if you put them in the right order. And then uh, by the end, a fully stacked hamburger. Has oh. somebody given Johannes an iPad and he's just been playing, like, free-to-play games? Oh, Johannes plays lots of burger time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what those are, but I'm excited because uh, it sounds very exciting. Just like... A hamburger assembly line that also moves smoothly. Oh, if you had like a hamburger assembly line, then the hungry customer could be at the other end of it with just like their mouth open. And then like oh the hamburger gosh. pieces just assemble into their mouth. And then it would be like hit them right in the mouth and they would go, whoa, this is a lot of hamburger. And then they would have to like really work hard to chew it. And then they'd be like, oh, that was so good. Personally, uh, I find it interesting that there is apparently a town called Hamburg in Virion, and the tradition of preparing meat, ground beef in patties also came from there in this world. I don't think that that's that surprising. There's Some things of, are consistent across all timelines. Uh, they, should, they should be called Tinker Patties or something. No, oh, not that. That's awful. What a terrible name. There's lots of places named after food. Sounds and dirty. When Boat retires, he's going to open up a small franchise of ground beef sandwich shops called Boat's Tinker Patties. <laughs> I hate everything about this.
My my <laughs> assumption. So horrifying. My assumption was always that we use colloquial terms that are familiar to us, and our characters use something that only makes sense in that universe that wouldn't make sense to a listening audience because we would have to spend all that time establishing an entire world worth of terminology. Tinker patties are canon now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they are not. I will think of a better, like, like anything but Tinker Patties, because Tinker Patty sounds like something you would find on Urban Dictionary. I would love to put a Tinker Patty in between two Boris buns and just scarf no! that down. No! Cease and desist. And then he washes it down with a nice cold glass of oak milk. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make another bingo card and orc milk is going to be on there. That's a that's a cast specific. That goes in 04. <sighs> uh anyway, getting back to it. Uh so there's a column with uh a flower on top of it with a velvet pillow in it with a platinum dragon on top of it. Well, yes, I assumed one of you grabbed the uh, Well, it doesn't it's not the dragon, it's the neck and the head. <laughs> what about the gizzard? There's, yeah, you know how when you have a metal statue and it's just filled with entrails? Mm -hmm. Metal entrails. Uh, no. Boy, organic. howdy, I do love I do love dragon gizzards and dragon feet. Oh, God. Anyway. Like, that would need to be a big-ass jar to pickle dragon feet. Mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. So what I was asking, what I meant to ask was, like, what what is the relic? Because if this isn't it, we should keep looking, right? Right. Well, there's there's the notes that we got in that statue room that said something about, like, hiding it, keeping it safe, and using three of the puzzles to do it. And so, I figure, we gotta solve puzzles, and then when we solve puzzles, we'll get keys, and that's why I'm thinking this is probably a key. Uh, okay. That, that, that makes sense. So, so what now? I mean, we, we look for the other two puzzles, at least. Well, we know where one of them is. Well, I I get the impression that we'll know when we're ready to solve that puzzle because I I couldn't even make heads or tails of what was on those tiles. Well, at least we have a head now. Yeah, you could say we've now got a head we, start. Yeah, now all we need is a tail. And then we can make heads and tails. We're really ahead of the game. What other exits are there from this room? So there's the exit that you got that you came in through, which was that really elaborate door with the platinum dragon uh, head relief to the south. Mm -hmm. And then if you look on the western wall, there is a much simpler door. But to call it a door is a little generous. You see it as a door shaped like indent in the stone in such a way that you're convinced that it's deteriorated, but was originally supposed to be a secret door. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is the clock, what is the clock face below us made of? The way that it is working is that you are standing on what appears to be glass or crystal. Mm -hmm. The metal that is jutting up to make the clock and parts of its face are going to be these raised copper decorations. Mm-hmm. And underneath the glass appears to be yet more cogs and clockwork. You know, I hope scavengers never find this place. They see all this copper. This this temple's just going to be stripped immediately, and they're headed down to the recycling center. <laughs> uh, I would like to pick up a large brick and throw it at the crystal clock face. That you're standing on? Well, I'm not going to stand on it when I do that. 
that's the floor, though. Of the whole room? For most of it, yeah. I mean, there's some places you could probably stand, but if you... I mean, you can, I just... I just feel like if we break that also, glass... Also, where are you getting a brick? It's a stone temple, isn't it? No! What's it made of? So far, it's only been shown to be made of, like, clay and glass and metal. Well, there's got to be something heavy I can throw at some crystal. Hello. I mean, you have stuff in your... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, you yeah go. there we go. But no, my, my logic here is if we break the clock face, we can get down in there with the gears and we can... Surely all that stuff's got to be connected to something since it's all wired in with, like, puzzles and traps and stuff like that. And maybe we just follow that to the source and we can disarm everything. I don't like breaking this temple, especially since uh, both... Uh, uh, my squirrel, who has a name, Daquin. Daquin and I are dragon priests in training. Maybe one of us might be bronze. What what would we do if our temple was broken? I don't think you're desecrating the temple by doing this. I think it's all in service to bringing back the metallic dragons. I'm not sure how you don't think breaking the temple isn't desecrating it. You have to think about the ends and how how they justify the means. Yeah, that's that's something I kind of want us to talk about. We have to succeed at any cost. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing that a lot lately, and I have concerns. More importantly, what's wait? What are your concerns? I this is probably not a good time for this. I just. Do you really think that though all ends are going to, like, the end that we're going for justifies everything we've done? I mean, I think that's more of a question for you. Like, if it's a holy mission to bring back the metallic dragons, don't you think that your faith requires that the ends justify the means and we and it occurs at any cost? I'm not asking about my religious orientation. I'm asking about your moral orientation. I'm not really ascribing a moral value to this necessarily because... You should. We're at an abandoned temple trying to make it relevant again by bringing back the metallic dragons. And I'm just suggesting a course of action that may expedite that. I think think there's something to be said for... Uh, this temple is likely to get, if we don't lock it up behind us, likely to get raided and likely to have a lot of stuff pilfered from it pretty rapidly. Uh, but I also, I think it's a mighty large assumption to think that if we break the clock face, we can just get down into the guts of the temple itself. Like, um, this room is probably just connected to this room. I wouldn't connect this room to literally everything else, especially since... I want this to hit a specific time to unlock. Um, I I do think Alita is bringing up something bigger than just this temple, because I I think there there have been some very uh, questionable actions that we've done in in um I I guess the name of. Our mission? What do you mean, Koza? Well, for example, we, uh, that whole thing with the orphanage. 
that was an accident that I'm trying to rectify. Okay. Um. I think, I'm sorry, Koza, but I think Alita has something to say. It wasn't an accident. It was you doubling down on what was a stupid decision because you can't handle people thinking you're wrong. I didn't know that the orphanage was being funded by the very taxation I was trying to repeal. They told you that, though. You could have stopped. You had so many chances to stop. There have been so much of this that you've had a chance to stop. I just want to be clear here. Are we now talking about me specifically, or are we just talking about ourselves as a group? I'm not proud of some of the things that I've done doing this. But I think it's worth talking about. I... I thought when we started this that I'd be willing to do anything to make the prophecy occur. But I'm scared that... What if in trying to fix this we end up no better than the things that make the world wrong? Like the chromatic dragons? Yeah. I guess... It's a self-reflective question, then. Like, how much do you believe in your goal? Like, is it something you're doing because you really believe it's going to have a positive outcome? Or is it something you're doing because you were told to do it? I don't... I feel like that's a distraction from, from the question of of the, the actions we've taken. And, and yes... I, perhaps per, perhaps we are talking specifically about s some of your actions I mean I'll say right now like I don't feel bad about robbing a rich guy I do feel a little bit bad about his house being on fire and uh, that one guard dying and then framing that guard for crime like that's it's not ideal but that was also like, I mean, Bo didn't know that guy was there when he was trying to get out the window. And the whole place is on fire. So of course he's trying to try to get out that window. I don't know. But wait, what do you mean framing the guy for crime? I saw when I was walking away, you guys were opening up his wallet to put more money in there so he could support, uh, so he could have more money. Because you took all the the dragon coins. Oh, Johannes. That was, that was to frame him for crime. Oh, but he didn't do any crime. Nope. That's kind of the idea of framing someone. Oh, well, yeah. in that case, I uh, don't think that we should tell people who didn't do crime that they did do crime, even in death or even in life. I don't know. My moral compass is um, probably not a good one to run off of, to be honest. Because for a long time, I was like, I'm going to rob people because they have more money than I do. And that's incorrect. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've always had replacement money, but you can always <laughs> replace money. 
And you can't replace people. It's had replacement money. <laughs> Every time. And it's like, if something happens, you know, where like I lose a very historic piece of my father's treasury, maybe hypothetically, because I think it could float and it doesn't. <laughs> And then I can't swim. And then I, but then when my brother saved me and he pulls me up on the shore, hypothetically, uh, the time that it happened, and he goes, Yo, you're honest. And he's like pushing water out of me. And I'm looking like one of them water fountains at a fancy dinner party, just spitting water everywhere on people, my brother mostly, and then also the future people who step on that beach. Uh, but then he looks at me and I go, Why didn't you save? The piece of armor that we, the, the, is a very sacred piece of our family for forever. Dad's gonna be so angry. And he goes, yeah, well, he will be, but at the same time, we can replace that with, but we can't replace you. And that's the thing with all people. Like things are, you got replacement things, but you can't replace the people. That's actually a really good way to explain it. If we're trying to save the world to help these people, we can't act as if the lives they have now don't matter. I don't know if it's acting like their lives don't matter, but it, it, it sort of depends on philosophically how you're looking at your world-saving mission. It doesn't even have to be at all costs versus do no harm. You know, are is there such a thing in this case as an acceptable sacrifice for the furtherance of the loftier goal? I think there is acceptable sacrifice. I just don't think that we spend a lot of time deciding where that line is. Well, then maybe that's a conversation we should have as a group and level set it. Uh, maybe I'm new to this. This is my first world-saving mission, but shouldn't that sort of come naturally to heroes? Not necessarily. I don't know. This is all of our first world-saving missions. Maybe even you started this one before us. You're a veteran. You recruited us. I sure did. Now, I will. Now I have something to say here. Oh, go ahead, Solonar. I was just going to say that anytime I've run with a gang, usually the gang leader's the one who sets the rules for how things are done. Like, Vex group doesn't kill unless, you know, Somebody's really putting up a fight. Like, they'll knock people out, sure. They'll get them with a couple of cuts or stings or something like that, absolutely. Just to get their stuff off of them. But then, once they've accomplished that, they leave that person alone. Because at that point, they've got what they want. You know, taking their life doesn't do them any good. I don't know. If I will say, if people are evil and they're trying to do bad things, like kidnap people or, or enslave a whole city for dragons or things like that, I yeah, I don't feel bad to make sure that their reign of terror that they're committing is over, and that can mean death. Because in paladin school, they said, if you don't, then they'll kill you. And I want to live for at least a while longer so that I can do things with my friends. And so sometimes it's just like, well, if I don't fight this person at 100%, even 99% might not be enough. I, I don't know if this is as much as like, as much as fighting people as it is like the, uh, 
collateral da- collateral the the bystanders the the people that aren't part of this one way or the other i mean this this kind of goes back to what i was saying about feeling bad about the captain of the house guard like that guy was just trying to do his job he didn't he didn't mean to get mixed up in all of this but on the flip side of that like i don't think boat was you know shooting to kill so to speak i think it just kind of happened now i think in fairness us using his corpse as a prop in our murder heist scheme uh <laughs> probably isn't the most respectful thing we could do with a body but it's in hindsight we can at birdies with our murder victim but but it's also not just again like the, there's the situation with the the, the orphans and like I, i'm sure there's been others that i, I just can't think of right now but I, well, I do feel like there's been many circumstances where we've been unnecessarily aggressive or or, or risky with people's lives i've been thinking about the I, orphanage situation not least of which because i'm i'm pretty sore that we're having to give up the entire bounty for finding melody for my mother and her husband uh and then immediately uh removing melody from that family situation which i don't know maybe that's morally questionable as well i i really don't have a good gauge on stuff like that for me it's all about like what does this person want okay let's get it and i i am it's it's occurring to me that perhaps that is not uh hero activity but in the case of the orphans, I, I have been thinking about that, and I, I have a plan. I have an idea that we could potentially execute. I thought we'd talk about it on the way back, uh, I, but I, we can talk about it now if you'd like. I, I it's not it's just the I'm just using the orphanage as as as, as an example. I, I'm just in general, we need to be more careful. And and, and I I'm specific. I, you know, I will say that I'm talking about Gravy Boat and uh, to some extent Johannes too, in particular. But we we need to we need to be more careful about the the chaos and who it hurts. I have been thinking a lot lately about what. I think we should how how the mission should go and I'm very aware that I have had misconceptions about reality versus how I thought this would go and I think that this is one of those things and I think that there are things that I wouldn't do. And I think that we shouldn't lose that just because we think we're right. I, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm saying this right. 
It's probably a worthy discussion to have. It sounds to me like maybe going forward, we have a couple we have a couple of party ground rules. Fire is a last resort. <laughs> we only use fire if we absolutely must to accomplish the thing we're trying to accomplish. I'm not talking about like a little fire, like for cooking food or for like lighting up a space so that we can see what we're doing. But I am talking about lighting people's houses on fire, uh, starting fiery riots. Uh, I think actually the one, uh, was that, what was the name of that village where there was the orcs and the orcs were werewolves and then were there vampire cowboys? Was that a dream that I had or did that actually happen? I think that actually that happened. Was, I think that was a dream because you've talked about it a couple of times, but I don't remember that happening. Well, regardless of vampire cowboys, uh, I think that one was set on fire by the orcs. I don't think I don't think we get to take the fall for that. Like we were there helping people. I think Palabar, we were also helping people, but maybe we were helping people too much. You know what I mean? Like, we, we really empowered the populace there. Um, I don't really know what happened in Palabar, and I don't think I want to ask. It was a lot, and I think was us um, learning how to heroes properly. I'm struggling a little bit, because on one hand, I'm hearing we got to do more to help people and think about them, and on one hand, I'm hearing we got to help people less because we are helping people too much and then also we're talking a lot about being heroes and i think that maybe alisa is a hero because of starting a holy mission with the whole fate of the world or maybe gravy boat is a hero to some people because they treat him really differently from other people because he's got a history of doing really really cool things in the wrestling rink but I'm not a hero because most of my life I've been really bad at things and I know one thing for sure and that's heroes are good at things and I'm just happy that I get to be doing things with my friends even though I'm bad at a lot of things and every now and again I get to be really good at something which is really cool and it's made me feel more like I can be a hero to somebody like Gravy Boat is to the big uh, wrestling fans and also occasional arm um, wrestling uh, vendors. But I personally don't think that we should hold ourselves to a hero standard because I at least know that I myself am definitely not a hero. But one day, hopefully, I can help one person and that would be really cool. And if you help one, then maybe even you can help two. And, and then on that second one, if you're helping them, maybe even theirs will be a third. So that's how I'm trying to make sure that I keep my feet going in front of each other. I I think you're a hero, Johannes. At the very least, to that one guy with the ferry that was going down the river, and then there was a big like sea serpent thing that wanted to eat his ship, and then we beat it up. I'd say you more than anybody. Like You really got in there. I wasn't called me a hero so much as I called me almost sea serpent food. But that's good to remember, too, because that means that one day you might be almost sea serpent poop if you're not careful. And that doesn't sound fun because I bet you that poop's super stringy like a snake. Yeah, hard to be a hero when you're poop. 
Yeah, unless you're a poop hero. I, I do think that that's a, a good sentiment, Johannes, but at the same time, I, I don't think not hurting people is dependent. Like, I, I don't think we need to feel like heroes to decide not to, to decide to try to not hurt people. To, I mean, oh, Kosa makes a very valid point that there's a big gap between what the two, the, what the group is talking about, that the two points. I agree with you, Kosa. That's why if I see somebody who needs help, I try my best to help them. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes I, uh, heavy object lands on them from a high altitude. And that's all, all I can do. But you're not going to be able to win it all. And you only have to keep trying, even when it's difficult. And especially when it's difficult, maybe. While all of you are having this conversation, I want each of you to roll a perception roll. I was wondering if wandering monsters were going to come into play here. I'm very focused on thinking. So am I. <laughs> Weirdly enough, a 17. Uh, nat 20. Thank you for perceiving for the rest of us. Thank you for perception, daddy. <laughs> Thank you, perception, daddy. Koza is now perception, daddy. Koza, as we are, as everyone in the group is having this like really emotional conversation about like right and wrong and the nature of a hero, you are going to hear um, outside the hallway, not the one that you came in through, but the one that you would go through that has sort of that secrety door doodad not one set of loud heavy sharp footsteps but two sets of loud heavy sharp footsteps almost as if metal is striking glass each time a footfall is made and this is coming down the hallway towards us it is coming in your direction, but it doesn't seem to be coming towards you with purpose. Um, sh everybody, uh, uh, be quiet. Be quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I being too loud again? No, listen, do you do you all hear that? The TikTok? Solonar will. But what did you roll? A four. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear nothing. I've got potatoes Johannes? in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Johannes, what did, what did you roll? Uh, I rolled a, uh, of course, a two, which is uh, for me a zero. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, so Solonar, it's you and Kosa. As Kosa's like, Shh, everybody quiet, quiet. And Johannes is like, am I being too loud? Uh, Solonar's like, well, Kosa, if you've got something to say, go ahead. What is that? Hold on. You, you hear this it, This is right? my hand. That's... I use it to hand with. No, something's coming. Something clanky. Something clanky with pointy toes? Sounds like pointy toes. <gasps> I want to be very clear. The, the metal sound is like loud and sharp. It's not like something is walking on stilettos <laughs> towards you guys <laughs> with this very sassy walk. I think I think it's Heel toe. Heel toe. I think it's got big metal pointy toes. I I don't like I don't like that at all. Uh, uh, it's coming from that way. See. And Solonar indicates the secret doorway looking direction. Do we want to go somewhere else, maybe? 
Um, I, I think we should go somewhere else. Solinar's going to slowly back towards the other door. The bigger, fancier door? Yes, and then try and open it quietly. <laughs> or no, I guess it's open from when he uh, swung, because he jammed it, didn't he? Yeah. The door's already open. I'd almost forgotten about that. Which, you know, sort of, you know, destroys my dastardly scheme, but does mean that you do have an exit not towards that sound. Yeah, uh... We might encounter that later, but I, I don't want to encounter it right now. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Is it bad? I mean, it's... Because I can't hear it either. It's either two very large clanky creatures or one exceptionally large clanky creature. Does it sound like that thing we saw earlier? thing we saw that earlier we was on Kali. tank treads, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Yes, the one you guys saw earlier was on tank treads. And dragging chains, if I recall. Yes. Uh, Tank tread Jacob Marley. Didn't <laughs> Didn't the other direction have one of those moving sidewalks that I triggered? It did, though whether or not it's burnt itself out is up for question. Maybe maybe we should go investigate that. And Solinar moves in that general direction. Are you guys going to follow Solinar or is Solinar testing this on his own? Um You're gonna let Solinar take the first step. <laughs> I'll go with Solinar. He's my ride or die, so I'll go with him. Beautiful. The two of you are going to step on, you're, you're going to make your way back and you're going to take a step onto the floor that you know is mechanized. I need both of you to roll dexterity saving throws. Okay. Do we do we get advantage knowing that it's there or are we getting yes. caught by surprise by the where it is? No, you get advantage. Well, that's Thank good because that was not a good roll. <laughs> yeah. I rolled, uh, my second roll was a 25. Good lord. I got a 19 on my second roll. So the mechanical lockway is going to and then kind of lurch forward a little bit. But it does move slowly and safely, taking you guys down this winding, surprisingly and concerningly long hallway. It's going to take you past what you think must be one of the southernmost points of the temple. Len ultimately stopping in front of a platform, which on top of which is its own very simple and well-worn door. This door being wooden with a simple copper lever handle. Uh. After after we go for a little ways and things seem relatively safe and stable, Solinar's gonna double back just far enough to indicate to the rest of the group like a like a come on signal, but without yelling. And then uh You are aware that you are in darkness. Well Boat's behind me, isn't he? So I'd mm -hmm. I'd be like a silhouette. Well yeah, but I said it was a very long I mean we were following as like as soon okay, as he wasn't cool. catapulted. Okay, as soon as you, you found out that he wasn't going to die, the two of you were like, all right, it's safe. Three, uh, Alita hopefully as well. I don't want to leave her behind. Four, no, Alita's coming with you Felix guys. is on Alita's shoulder. Alita, Alita is at this point, anywhere Johannes goes is where Alita is going to be. Because there, there are many, like, Yo Johannes has gained a lot of, like, trust points with Alita. Dir it was, there was a lot. Directly into the dumbwaiter. So you all are going to butter up that dumb waiter. Yeah. 
Um, so you guys are going to step on, and again, it's going to comfortably and smoothly take you to this platform with, again, simple, well-worn wooden door, copper lever handle. Man, I'm really disappointed on that whole ride. There wasn't a single place for, for a burger station. I really missed out. Johannes just really wants this place to be fully automated and have, like, one of those, like, Japanese sushi conveyor belts. Oh my god, those are real? That would be awesome. We could have sushi on a whole, the whole belt could bring it to you. I really want to try one of those places, but I have no idea how, like, you get billed. It's... There's just somebody watching you and like no, logging. No, the plates, little... the plates have colors, so yeah. you take the plate. That or they'll have like a little tag on them. Yeah. Okay, so you don't just get right. to take stuff. No, you do get. To, I mean, it's not yeah, like it's free. exactly what you. It's exactly what you do, uh, and then you pay for it. Yes. But well, but it's not that confu- people do it every day. You can I, just walk in, and then they probably have signs that show you. I, I've been to one, and it wasn't too confusing. <laughs> Well, no, like, so, like, do you order stuff and they send it down, or do no. they just send down random stuff and you're like, oh, I want this? Yeah, they're yeah. always making stuff. Okay, but, like, how do they know what to charge you? There's, like, a little Because the tag. plates are colored. Uh, yeah, there's different ways, like, <laughs> colored plates or little, like, little tags so you on keep the what you eat. You, so if you eat it, you keep the thing that marked it, and then at the end you say, I had this. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes a great deal. We're getting in the weeds of this, all right? We, we're getting in the weeds of sushi conveyor belt restaurants, and what we need to be doing is exploring this platform, Just... this inconspicuous platform. Alex is like, I've always wanted to try one of those, but I'm afraid I would dine and dash. I just... <laughs> died in dash i'm just afraid that i look like a jackass being like so how does this work because i wouldn't want to just take someone's food like they ordered something and i'm like oh this is for me look all i know is that after conversations like this and the chicken of the woods recently i think we can officially add the education tag to our show i i think that's reasonable (laughs) Yeah, we're we're the world's first wrestling education D and actual play <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really get to talk much about wrestling this episode. Well, we still have time. <laughs> he immediately goes into so when you look at the history of Ric Flair. I was going to talk about wrestling earlier, but I could not find a good opening for it. So speaking of <laughs> openings, I open this wooden door. Wait, 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 right. wait, 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 Yohan- yep, there's a, nope, there's- Johannes already said he did it. I did. So he's uh. going to slap his hand down on the lever, crank it, and swing it open. Johannes, think about the harm you're doing to us. I'm cranking and swinging over here. Revealing uh, something that I'll tell you about next episode. a silence, a void so full of nothingness. Yes, yes, the silence. It consumed like a mighty maw. Hungry, hungry. But 
then a voice came, and another, and another, and uh, the pierced the silence. The voices that bring laughter and wonder, magic and mystery, yes, yes! But these voices, they could only fight the silence, hold back the great nothing. Mm, yes, but, but... With the support of our divine beings, angels and celestials too radiant to behold, and too glorious not, we give thanks to our patrons, our shiny protectors, Whitney Zahar, Tony Alaveto, Joseph Maltby, Andrew Wheeler, Breck O'Donnell, Brianna Beebe. Without your support, these heavenly voices would be lost to the silence, and woe, woe would be unto us all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Whoa! Dun, dun, dun. Gabe, do, do, play, do, do. A, play an air horn cadence there after to just be like, cliffhanger! Bow, <laughs> Step into the ring with cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. He's hanging from the ceiling. That cliff is crazy. Or, Gabe, you could not edit that in and just leave that and that be how the episode rounds out because that would be so funny. Or, Gabe, you could leave that in and then you can just continue to let the episode (laughs) round out because that would be so funny. All right, guys, I'm stopping recording. Or you could start recording. Start recording. (laughs) Step into the ring. In the ring with recording. Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday.